0: Well, friends, you are listening to Radio Pulpit 657 AM and Radio K Pulpit 729 AM with me, Mark Penrith, your host. Who am I, you might ask? I am the husband of one wife, Liesel. I am father of Caitlin, Catherine, and Thomas. And I am a pastor at Central Baptist Church in Pretoria. Shout out to everyone listening from all over South Africa, recognizing that we have folk listening in, in Dar in Prisca. In Alberton, in Bloemfontein, and uh, Arcadia, as well as Benoni. It's great to have each and every one of you in with us. I love that we have regular listeners from all over South Africa. Uh, Last week, really enjoyed getting voice notes from Gogo Hanna, Um, Getting plenty of questions on Facebook from a number of people. Shoutouts from Roland Eskenazi, Penny Strait, and a number of other people. Love that we have listeners uh, listening in with us in VitBank. And uh, yeah, really enjoy engaging with you each week on uh, Facebook, on WhatsApp, and even phoning into studio. However, this week, friends, there will be no phoning in. This is a pre-recorded Uh, discussion with a good friend of mine who I will shortly introduce. Uh, The reason for that is I'm in a conference uh, down in Cape Town, a workshop in actual fact uh, for expository preaching uh, together and in association with Simeon Trust Uh, and so because I'm in the Ferris Cape gazing on that beautiful mountain and enjoying Amazing skies. I, I bet you it's going to rain the whole time I'm there. <laughs> I'm, I know I'm staying on a wine farm. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to wonderful views and, uh, and just being in, in our, in our beautiful country. And, um, but because I am down in Cape Town, I can't do a live show today. Um, but I have a friend with me, uh, Gideon and Penny, mm. um, a brother in Christ, um, and, and, and certainly A very, very close friend Uh, has been staying with me for the last couple of days as we've been running workshops up in Gauteng, Mm. and uh, we've been doing Simeon workshops, expository preaching workshops up in Pretoria at Central Baptist Church, and so Gideon and I have uh, got the opportunity and the time to engage and to talk about the things of God together, and so I hope that you are... Looking forward to a good, uh, next two hours as we spend our Friday morning, um, thinking about God's word and in one another's company. Mm. Uh, this morning, the format's going to be a bit different. I think Gideon's going to be asking the questions. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that as well. G. Yes. Why don't you introduce yourself, uh, to, to our listeners, introduce your family, introduce the
1: church that you serve, give mm. us a, just kind of a picture of, of who you are. A oh, wonderful good morning to uh, you, Mark, and to all your listeners. Uh, thanks so much for this opportunity. As Mark has uh, stated already, I am Gideon Mpenny. I am a husband uh, to Chiletsu, and uh, the Lord has blessed us with two kids, uh, Jeremiah and Josie. I also uh, have a privilege to serve as a senior pastor at Florida Baptist Church um, in the western suburbs of Johannesburg, and I've been serving there for the last four years. Um, it's been a great joy just to uh, serve the Bride of Christ in the West. Um, so that's me. I also do lecture at uh, Mukanyo Theological College. As a part-time lecturer there, um, focusing on uh, preaching and biblical counseling, um, that's what I'm doing uh, currently. And you and I serve together on a board yes. of a NPO. Yes. Uh, and uh, yeah, together. Maybe just describe that. So, so yeah, so I also um, um, I'm serving as one of the directors with Mark um, on. Um, Open Home Africa, an initiative that we desire to see um, uh, believers across Africa um, uh, taking to the uh, task of uh, coming alongside abandoned babies and orphaned kids so that we can then offer them a home through which we will be able to disciple them and to pass on the gospel to them. Um, and trusting that the Lord will save them um, in that in that process as well. So that's what we're doing. Gideon, yes. Uh,
0: I mean, I know you're going to be asking me the questions, yeah. which is kind of funny because I just can't stop stop talking. But but maybe just tell us a little bit about the new initiative and partnership that uh, Florida Baptist Church has together with Otentile. Mm. So
1: as it is with every um, ministry endeavor. Uh, you cannot do it all by yourself. So we have desired to um, come alongside a number of like-minded ministries, and one of which um, has been um, um, on Tertile Children's Ministry um, that uh, Brother Joe Kubi also leads. So at the moment, uh, excitingly, we do have um, a home. Uh, we had a property on our church uh, premises that was not used uh, for quite some time and we thought it it is prudent if we are to be wise stewards but also as we are vocal about coming alongside little ones, why don't we renovate this house and use it for that? So op- um, Open Home Africa, uh Children's Ministries, um, actually they have come on board and we are renovating that building so as to Uh, Make it livable for a couple that will be able to foster uh, some of the kids who may come on our doors. So that's what's happening at the moment uh, at FBC. Man, absolutely. Mm. I love that initiative because, you know, you
0: and I for many years have been Mm. talking about uh, orphan care and the care of widows, mm. and and I love to I love the way that the Lord has given us opportunities to flesh that out in our lives, mm. uh, flesh that out in our churches mm. uh, that we serve, and uh, yeah, I, I'm grateful to God Amen. that He's given you guys this
1: opportunity. Amen. We we are we are truly thankful as well for, uh, like if you examine the stats as to how many babies are being abandoned, as you also are. Uh, trying to understand as to what what does it take in order for us to do such ministries. Uh, it is so alarming to just see, um, but I'll, I'm always of the conviction that if we are pro-life as uh, many believers would claim to be, if we care about the dignity of man, as the sanctity of life, uh, we need to then also be as practical in offering these kind of um, platforms that will be able to serve our community in a meaningful way. Yes. Mm. That's excellent, uh, Gideon. Sure,
0: man. Maybe just before I kind of hand the baton to you and you start asking a couple of questions and we start engaging uh, together around God's word and Mm. around around issues around the church, uh, maybe just to say to the listeners, friends, even though you can't call in today, even though you can't WhatsApp live uh, into studio and ask questions and engage with Gideon and I, I would appreciate it as many of you as as are on Facebook. Uh, would you kindly share the Facebook post? Would you, would you drop a comment uh, down below so mm-hmm. that I, I know that you're there and uh, ask any questions that you might have. I'll endeavor uh, to answer them as best as I can during the course of the week. Um, yeah, like, comment, share. Um, that would be helpful uh, for us to spread uh, this conversation broader uh
1: amongst folk in south africa so thanks so much for that thank you but also just to add to that if you are there and you sort of like um wanting to understand more about open home africa you considering or maybe a sort um, has uh, come to mind regarding adoption and what is involved there i would encourage you as well to join us uh, for our adoption uh, seminar that's going to be taking place on the 26th of march um, you can check our uh, Facebook page for details regarding that. And we endeavor that we would uh, be able to meet and just challenge one another. Just check Open Home Africa uh, on Facebook page and you will check the details there as well. Great stuff. And,
0: and yeah. Gideon, I'll I'll put those in the show notes as well so that it's an easy link Thank for you. people that
1: want to connect to us. Great stuff. Thank you, man. Yeah, so it's 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 a great joy. I've I've been following through with keen interest as to what is happening, but also with our desire to see um, the gospel um, taken not only to the nations but then to the next generation. Um, um, I think we are living in such a time that's uh, marked with suffering, uh, a time that's marked with challenges and opposition to the gospel. Um, Yeah, and uh, you being in ministry, we've served together, Mark, um, for over seven years and um, maybe in two different uh, plots, as the Lord would have us um, for almost 11 years now. And um, what are some of the um, thoughts that comes to mind, Um, maybe grinning from the Word of God as to What should be the perspective of um, a man, a woman, um, who is a Christian, who desires to serve God in this time?
0: Hmm. Yeah, where might I start, Uh, a man or woman who desires to serve God in this time? Maybe to say right at the outset that that is a good desire. Mm. Uh, in in actual fact, if there be a man or a woman who is a Christian out there mm-hmm. that doesn't have a desire to serve, mm. uh, you need to check your motives. You might even need to check your faith at the door. Mm. Uh, there's something. There's something broken. There's something wrong with the Christian uh, or the person who professes faith in Jesus Christ who doesn't want to serve Jesus Christ mm. and. And in reality, uh, I mean, we can serve Jesus in so many ways, but at the most basic level, that would be taking up a service opportunity within the context of the local church. Mm. And and so uh, the reason why I say that is because the local church really is Jesus Christ's vehicle um, not only for reaching the world, but also for the world that he has reached to build them up and edify them and grow them mm. towards the image of christ, so we are we are sanctified, we are made holy, we are set apart within local churches, and then we are further sanctified mm. throughout our entire Christian life, progressively within local churches and so it 's my firm conviction mm. that those who profess faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior mm-hmm. should have an intrinsic built-in desire to serve him with their lives, and that service should be manifest within the context of the local church. Mm. So man or woman, old or young, uh, black or white, mm-hmm. or polka dot, or mm-hmm. any color in between, mm-hmm. it's immaterial. Mm-hmm. If you're saved, mm-hmm. if you've placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ yeah. as your Lord and your Savior. In mm-hmm. other words, the, the Savior part is, is related to salvation, mm-hmm. but the Lord part is related to good works, which were prepared for you even before the foundation of the world. And I'm thinking of Ephesians chapter 2, yes, verse 10. yeah. It, yeah. Well, then, friend, you need to serve. You need to perform. It's your duty, and Mm. it ought to be your delight as well. Wonderful. Um, And so so find a place to serve. And Mm. we can start to talk about where people can serve, what would be appropriate for service. So I'm
1: coming to that because you are raising a good point there. Um, With the COVID-19, there may be um, an old mother somewhere there, or there may be... um, Uh, an old um, uncle uh, who's sitting on the chair and is listening and feels like oh but i'm not as qualified i've not um, gotten any training uh, with regards to this is what should happen they have a mindset uh, that maybe uh, passing on the baton of the gospel is only um, possible in a like you're putting it i understand yes uh, in the local church context is there a place um in the scriptures that can um be of an encouragement to a mom uh maybe to a single mother to an old uh, gogo like uh, Gogo Hannah? <laughs> yes <laughs> be careful who you call old now. although <laughs> I, I think she would be proud
0: of that tag <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and, and guys, maybe maybe for those who listen regularly, mm. you often hear me talking about Gogo Hannah. It's because Gogo Hannah is a member of a church that I used to serve, mm. and Gideon and I, obviously serving together,
1: yes. uh, served her. And uh, yeah. uh, I mean, she's on both of our hearts. We love her <laughs> dearly. So yeah, so yeah, so, so I'm thinking in that kind of a home context. Um, yes. in Any any passages of scripture that. Uh, these believers can yes. sort of a like lunch
0: Well, well, Gideon, I think when you when you use the word baton, mm. I, I guess we are we're starting to appeal to what the Bible says in Two Timothy in terms mm. of handing batons over. But before we even get there, mm-hmm. because I think that has particular reference and peculiar reference in terms of. Um, of what the man of God, what the pastor does mm-hmm. uh, in terms of handing on uh, the teaching ministry to men who then subsequently hand on the teaching ministry to other men. Before we get there, as we address the broader subject of service, mm. as we address the, this fact that I truly believe that every Christian is to serve in the local church. I, I, I want to talk to two areas, and I want to go to one scripture. So the mm-hmm. scripture that I'd go to, mm. um, in order to say the Bible says, mm. uh, would be one Corinthians chapter twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's the passage of scripture that I'm going to appeal to. Mm. Um, but let me make this this statement, this this principle first. Yeah, I believe it is the duty mm-hmm. of every christian to serve Mm. i do believe that some christians are particularly gifted to serve in certain places Mm -hmm. and i even further believe that some people who both are serving and are gifted to serve become recognized servants within the context of the local church Mm. But just because a local church has recognized servants, and we might call them a whole range of different things. Um, You know, I come from a Baptist tradition. Mm. Recognized servants, we would call deacons. It's from the the Greek word that we get the English translation servant from, diakonos. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, We would call them deacons. Recognized servants being deacons. Just because you've got deacons in your church doesn't mean that they are the only people that serve in the church. No, Mm -hmm. no. In actual fact, all of us need to be serving in the church, Um, and we and we ought to be serving in our gifting, and to encourage an older gogo or even a young teenager who's put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I I would begin by reading in one Corinthians chapter twelve, and in one Corinthians chapter twelve, we read the following: Now concerning Spiritual gifts. So, mm. so this is talking about, about gifts, and it's talking about gifts that are spiritual in nature. Mm-hmm. Paul goes on to say, I do not want you to be uninformed. In other words, I've got something that I want to tell you about spiritual gifts. Mm. He says in verse two, you know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however, um, uh, however you were led. Therefore, I, don't want you, uh, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. No one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Now, and this is where I want us to get, the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the first three verses really begin with context. He's going to be addressing spiritual gifts. He then says in verse 4, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service but the same Lord Mm -hmm. and there are varieties of activities but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone and to each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Now, there's so much going on in this text, Mm. but I believe there's direct application to Mm -hmm. a Google Hannah or to a young kid who's come to Christ mm. who is in a local church. And and this is the application which I would draw from the text, and it's not difficult to understand. Mm-hmm. Firstly, I would say, friends, realize that there are plenty of different gifts that the Spirit gives. Mm. In other words, each one of us likely has got a very peculiar um, and diverse mix of gifts, mm. which means even though you clearly have the gift of teaching, brother, I've heard you preach, you preach amazingly. Mm. I have the gift of teaching that's been recognized by the local churches that I serve. Mm. Um, even though both of us are gifted teachers, mm. our gifting is slightly different. Mm. Uh, the way that we teach and preach is slightly different. Mm. And then alongside this gift of teaching, we have a number of other gifts um, which, which when we put them all together, means that you have a unique gifting from the Spirit and I have a unique gifting from the Spirit. As unique as our thumbprints are unique. Mm-hmm. Now, each individual, different thumbprint, I think each individual Christian gets a unique mix of gifts from the Spirit. Now that's kind of important for this reason. Mm. The old gogo. And the young kid, mm. along with every single other member of the church, mm. is uniquely gifted in that local community. And so your service is needed because your gifting from God is unique and you've been placed into the church in a unique way. Mm. Not not only that, though, I, I would also continue to draw out of this text um, a couple of other a couple of other principles, um, as, as we've read um, in the text, uh, not only are our gifts unique, but uh, if we continue to uh, go through it in verse 5, there are varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activity, and to each one is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So what I want to draw out now is, is just an extension in terms of uh, not only is it a unique gift. But mm-hmm. we get given very different gifts, and um, as we go through the gift lists in the New Testament, and they are scattered throughout the new testament mm. there's There's two gift lists in in one corinthians there's gift lists in the book of romans there's mm. a gift list in the book of Ephesians as we go through them, what strikes me is that each list is different, not mm. one list is the same, and mm-hmm. uh, they paul isn't giving us a categoric list of these are the particular gifts which are available from the Holy Spirit. But rather, Paul is saying these gifts are indicative of the kinds of gifts Mm. that the Holy Spirit gives. And so, uh, again, uh, there's a need for a number of people who are different already just in terms of their composition and makeup they're young they're old they're in South Africa they're black and white and sometimes rich and poor mm. and, and we have this diversity in our church but alongside that demographic diversity there's also the spiritual diversity that, that we each individual needs to tap in the church needs to tap in uh, to this
1: gift mix excellent then, so uh, let, let me ask sure. then, uh, with 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 that then in view um i also want us to be um uh, observant as to the um circumstances that have befallen us with yes. the lockdowns yes. restrictions um people are no longer able to go to church uh, so all these gifts uh, there is an implied um uh, connotation in that they ought to be exercised in the body of Christ yes. among us, the believers, yes. Um, and maybe some have not for the last two years, yeah. not been able to exercise their gifts. Yes. What would be your encouragement, uh, yeah. f- to such uh, be- believers? Well, well, in actual fact, in
0: the passage that we just read, yes, I just want to affirm something that you just said, yeah, it says. For the common good. Yeah. In other words, each one of these gifts mm-hmm. that we get given as mm. individual Christians mm-hmm. are given not for our good, mm. not for our benefit, and mm-hmm. um, some, or, or even for our glory, or even for, for as, our as glory. You as see it sometimes or, in the church. Like there's no such thing as a a personal uh, gift of administration or a personal gift of. Uh, I'm kind of laughing because some people believe in in personal gifts. Mm. No, no, no. These gifts are given for the common good. And and so there is actually, Mm -hmm. I mean, from a Christian perspective. Yes. When we talk about the local church, mm-hmm. we're not talking about the local church sitting at home, chalapanzi on the on the couch watching yes. television. Um, you know, like a uh, uh, a TV pastor. Mm. No, we're talking about the church, the the assembly, the gathering, mm-hmm. and us exercising our gifts within the context of that gathering for the common good. That's a very important point to make. Hmm. However, you do raise that for the last while, we haven't been gathering. Although, I I must be honest, let's face it, we're we're certainly coming out of this thing. Sure, sure. Um, Increasingly… Which which is
1: why it's pertinent we remind each other about it. uh, Increasingly, I would say it is spiritually
0: foolish Mm -hmm. to continue to divorce yourself from the gathering of the saints, particularly since the risk factors seem to be mitigated increasingly you mm. know you know, uh, whether it be due to herd immunity or mm. vaccination or you know appropriate social distancing or whatever it might be the bottom line is um the, the risk factors associated or oh, even new variants that aren't as potent as previous variants mm. The risk factors seem to be going down at an increasing rate of knots. You can see people heading into restaurants and you know into shopping malls and the reality is, we also see people returning to church in mm. greater and greater numbers. Mm. I, I can't speak for every church, but I can speak for the church that I serve. Mm. Um, my my understanding—I started serving it on the first of January, which, uh, which you know, is just a few months ago. Mm. But my understanding is that uh, uh, between the two campuses, at least one campus has reached and started to exceed pre-COVID numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other campus is fast catching up. Um, evening services vibrant and growing fast mm. um, and and I say that because I, I believe that society is starting to open up again it, mm. it must just be a matter of time before whatever legislative um, restrictions are, are dropped that's mm. what I'm expecting okay. but 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 if there are people that are sitting at home mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, I would a encourage them based on this text mm-hmm. to come to church and to begin to exercise your spiritual gifts for the common good. Mm. However, even over this period, there have been great opportunities for people to grow mm. um in the ability to serve the church. I, I just think of the of the new um service opportunities that most churches have been able to create in terms of audiovisual, in terms of uh video, in terms of uh better and increased uh, if it Excellencies on sound yeah. um, and, and all manner of, of new functional areas that are required mm. uh, since the world changed, you know, two years ago. Mm. Um, uh, so that does mean some of those young Christians who have been born mm. into a switched on digital society mm-hmm. um, become very needed within the context of the local church. Yeah. But I, I also don't want to downplay um, the fact that. As we get older, one of the key mechanisms that over and over again I see, um, godly older people exercising, um, is a vibrant prayer ministry, mm-hmm. uh, for the church. Mm-hmm. Whether that be Auntie Molly's and Auntie Machi's yes. and, uh, and Gogo Hannah's or, or others, yeah. uh, I, I see older people, mm. um, are, Often given to pray, I'm seeing mm. that at the new church that I'm serving as well, the the prayer meetings are often vibrant mm-hmm. um, and are often um, populated with older folk um, who can mm. s- who see this as one of the ways mm. that they can serve spiritually the church that God has plugged them into. Excellent.
1: So, in in what way would 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 then um, would we encourage now a younger person who as a sense, um, they do have this gifting that the Lord has given them. In what way, maybe give us three ways you would recommend that they can fan into flame that gift which God has given them.
0: Well, again, fan into flame, right? Yeah. We're we're in we're in two Timothy uh, in your yeah. mind and in yes. your in your question. Yeah. Um. You know, when we when we talk about youngsters and and gifts. And discovering their gifts Mm. and exercising their gifts. I I think, and this is an original thought to me, I've, I've heard many wiser men say it, and so I'm just repeating it because it is wise counsel. Mm. Youngsters, as they come into the local church, as Mm. they've put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, as they've got all of this zeal, Mm. my, my advice to them would be serve wherever you can and Mm. as much as you can. Mm -hmm. So whether that be exercising um uh, getting involved in the hospitality ministry, the mm. door greeting ministry, mm. the tea and coffee ministry, whether that being getting involved in the audio visual ministry, the social media ministry, mm. or in the worship team or as a um as a bible study leader of youth or whatever it might be, and um, get involved in as much as you possibly can because In getting involved, you will very quickly realize what you actually feel drawn to. Mm -hmm. And as you feel drawn to things, you will exercise effort and energies in those particular areas. What you will find very quickly is that the church either, and by the church I mean the people around you, the assembly, uh, those who are ministering with you, Mm. will affirm your giftedness in this area Mm -hmm. or or alternatively will help you to find other areas to serve in where your giftedness might be uncovered. Mm. Once your gifting gets uncovered, once it gets affirmed by the local church, well then the sky's the limit. You get to exercise uh, with excellence in the area that God has sovereignly um, given you spiritual gifts in, uh, that, that's when that's when service in the local church becomes exciting, mm. because all of a sudden, you your faithfulness in service mm. wherever that might have been, yeah. uh, gets accompanied by fruit in service, and that's just like massively encouraging. Mm. And so, my advice to to youngsters who are coming into the faith mm. uh, is to actually do everything or get involved in as much as you can and then and then ask more mature Christians, whether that be your pastor or elders or deacons uh, or older, more mature members in the church to, to give you feedback in terms of is your service uh, producing fruit? Mm. Uh, do they see this as the area that you
1: ought to be applying yourself into? Mm. Wow. So we've looked at those two areas regarding the older folk and the younger folk and in in the context of them um having this particular gift that they they are able to serve in a local church setting. Um now I'd love us to transition a little bit uh to look at maybe some of the misconceptions uh regarding uh one uh Gifts, yeah. but also number two, uh, some of uh, what, what in your experience you would um, perceive to be um, unrealistic expectations from um, maybe fellow believers yeah. um, regarding those who are to serve, but also, even in particular, to, to the elders <laughs> or the pastors in the church. Sure, sure. Um, w- what would be that?
0: <laughs> okay, cool.
1: Yeah. So, so look, I
0: mean, that, that, that's two questions. Yes. One maybe a little bit uh, contentious and the other um, <laughs> are very relevant to both you and I as yes. we serve as elders. Yeah. So, you know, on the one hand, uh, there's so many misconceptions mm-hmm. around spiritual gifts. Uh, I mean, we could just jump straight to the miraculous and sign gifts and, and, and kind of uh, spend some time on that. Um, but but I would say in my context, mm. the context where I serve, probably the greatest shortcoming in our understanding of the gifts is we don't believe they exist, um, or we don't believe that they exist for today, or we don't believe that we're gifted by the Holy Spirit. Mm. The Holy Spirit, I, I, I think sometimes mm-hmm. many of the people mm. who I serve, mm. um, they believe in the person of the Holy Spirit. Mm. But they are frightfully unaware uh, of the power of the Holy Spirit within Mm. their own personal lives, Mm. Um, uh, and to quench the Holy Spirit um, is 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 a frightful thing. It's Mm. it's not something that we want to be guilty of, and so I, I would say maybe one of the one of the errors that needs to be addressed within the context of the kinds of communities mm. that I serve is a focus on the Holy Spirit and a focus on the empowering of the Holy Spirit mm. and the present gifting of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, you know, that doesn't mean that we all need to be writing out spiritual questionnaires in order to identify mm. if we have a, a prophetic gift or a, you know, a word of knowledge gift or a teaching gift or a this gift or a that gift. Uh, but. I do think that we should be encouraging our members to discover their own mix of gifts, their Mm. own gift that has been sovereignly bestowed upon them Mm. so that they can serve in that gift. Um, Because really, I want to see people edified and built up. Mm -hmm. Uh, And one of the ways that we are edified and built up is as we go about um, serving God in, in the way that he desires us to serve him that we might see fruit, and then further glorify Him be- because of it. Mm. Um, you know, after that, obviously, we can talk about just the abuses that we see yes. all around us yes. in terms of the gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, And they really are abuses, uh, um, whether that be um, ascribing to the Holy Spirit that which is clearly not gifts of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. but rather some kind of fabrication uh, of the human mind, uh, we see that all over the place uh we've spoken many times about the gift of tongues for instance uh on this program mm. that the gift of tongues as we look at scripture is languages known to men it's it's mm. miracles mm. that that point people to god and get people excited about god and filled with awe mm. and, and are signposts to to the to the wonder of god people would speak in, uh, of the glories and miracles of god uh, in languages that they had never heard, and that would cause wonder in the ears of the foreigners who heard them. That's mm. a miracle, man. Mm. That's the gift mm. of tongues. Mm. Um, much of what we see around us today, um, isn't even a. Isn't even a very good counterfeit of it because <laughs> because there's there's just there's just nothing communicable um about what we hear and what we see, mm. um, but beyond that, I mean, uh, we, we see false prophets giving false prophecies yeah. for profit mm. um all over the place. We see Post-tiches. yeah, false men of God driving mm. in Lamborghinis mm. and wearing Versace. Actually. Mm. Look, I, I mean, I don't know if they actually drive Lamborghinis, and I think Versace might be a, a, a woman's brand. So, I, I mean, I I don't actually know, but 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 my point is this: uh, yeah. we see these wolves in sheep's clothing feeding themselves on the sheep, all over the place. Profits for mm. profit, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, absolute, um, absolute, just falseness. Um, mm. and it's and it's so clear for those of us who are used to handling the word of god um it's so clear to see the counterfeit um and yet they they seem to they seem to present themselves as as men of
1: light yeah. and, uh, and 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 so, really dupe their followers wow that actually brings me to actually a follow up question to yeah. that um i've I've met many people who have um been under such false teachers and yes. false prophets who have misunderstood uh, the gifts, and um, many, in a way, have been wounded. I think yeah. it's, it's it's a question that we need to consider as well. Many have been wounded, yeah. such that their perception of church yeah. is no longer the same. Yeah. Um, they they would then presuppose that every church, yes. um would have a man uh, whose goal and whose end is just for himself and not for God's people. Yeah, yeah. Um, from from a pastoral heart, uh, how would you encourage uh, such believers? Uh, what must they, because there is a, a cardinal issue here. W- 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 what is it that people must look for yes. uh, to say that this is a healthy church? Yeah. Is it just the gifts that they must run for? Yes. Um, what is it? What, what would be those you know key indicators that they need to? Well, it's not the gifts that they must run for, but
0: mm-hmm. I know you know that. G. Yes, um, you know the, the the passage which really springs to mind fastest of all uh, comes from the book of Luke. Uh, I happen to. Read it uh, yesterday or the day before, mm. um, and it's the story of Lazarus and the rich man. Um, mm. You know, in 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 the story of Lazarus and the rich man, uh, a rich man, uh, he 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 feasts sumptuously on on all manner of food, and he just lives the he lives the high life, right? Mm. He, mm. he 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 um he he's just enjoying kind of like everything. He's got great. F- clothing and he's got great food and uh, life is just you know absolutely easy for him and then there's this other man um a poor man Mm. a man who who's at his gates and begging for food Mm. and uh the story goes on to say that both these men die the poor Mm -hmm. man goes to abraham's bosom and you know, there's a whole discussion around that. The rich man uh, goes to Hades. And um, I mean, it, it, it appears to all intents and purposes that this isn't a parable, that this is, in actual fact, a, 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 a historical account. That, mm. You know, people are named. And then. And in Hades, he, he cries out to Abraham and says, "You know, would you send mm-hmm. the, that servant mm-hmm. to come and just dip his finger in water and put it on my tongue?" He's still bossing the guy out, uh, around in Hades, mm. um, and and that's not an option for him. Um, and then he says, "Well, then send him, okay, to go and tell my brothers uh, that and warn them of what's coming." Mm. And uh, and. And Abraham says, no, look, that's not going to happen either. Uh, Even if a person was raised from the grave, Mm. they already have. So in other words, if they were given a sign and a wonder, it wouldn't be enough for them. They already have everything that they need. They Mm -hmm. have Moses Mm -hmm. and they have the law. Mm. They have what they need. Mm. Now, I would take from that this. Mm -hmm. That. If your, if your kind of evaluation—that's
1: ch- chapter sixteen thirty one, right? Chapter sixteen thirty one. Mm. Thanks, brother.
0: Mm. Um, if your evaluation of a church is based on signs and wonders, you mm. are looking for the wrong thing. Um, you know, even to add more to that, Gillian, mm-hmm. John chapter six, Jesus feeds the. Five thousand, mm. and straight after feeding them, um, uh, he, he there's a there's another miracle in between. They the the crowd follow him. I mm. mean, they're like amazed by what he does, and he says to them, "Look, you're not following me um, because you want me. You are following me because you want your bellies full." Wow. To that, mm-hmm. they start getting angry, mm. and he says, "Look." <laughs> you want bread, but I'm telling you now, I'm the living bread. Mm-hmm. You need me. Mm-hmm. To this, they get so angry mm-hmm. that in actual fact, large numbers of people desert Jesus Christ. Um, to such an extent that he turns around to his disciples and he says, well, what about you guys? Mm-hmm. And the answer is from Peter, uh, just beautiful words. Lord, where else will we go? You have the words of eternal life. Mm. Now, I offer that because yeah, we have we have the story of Lazarus and then we have this 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 narrative portion yeah. in John chapter 6. Yeah. Both of them telling the exact same thing. If mm-hmm. you're looking for miracles, you're looking for the wrong thing. If mm. you're looking for miracles, you're looking for the wrong thing. Um, you need to look for Jesus Christ. Now, to the person who's been wounded, mm. um, where do you start? Well, you recognize that the pain that they're suffering is real they they've been lied to they've been duped mm. uh, they've been uh, they, they they they've experienced the counterfeiter they they've, they they've been stolen from mm. <laughs> there probably has even been financial transaction yeah. uh, that, yeah. that 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 they have given money to a false prophet i mm. mean this is horrible yeah. you know how, how yeah. do you how do you tend that wounded soul i think you tend that wounded soul the way that you tend any wounded soul. And Mm. that's pointing to the person of Jesus Christ. Mm. Because Jesus is beautiful. Mm. You've been hurt by men Mm -hmm. who said that they represent him. But friends, even by their very actions, you can see that they didn't. Yeah. What you need Mm. is Jesus. You you need to love him Mm. and you need to experience his comfort. Mm. Uh, You need to Follow him mm. and obey him, mm. and you need to experience uh, the many spiritual blessings which he will freely give you. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you don't, you don't need to sow in yeah. order to reap from mm. Jesus Christ. Mm. I mean, the the reality is, uh, anything that we do give him, uh, we give because he has so abundantly given us. Mm. Um, and then maybe just a word on finance, and this yeah. is just a caution. Yes, um, any church that you go to mm. <laughs> which is encouraging you to give. Anything which is not proportionate to what God has provided to you mm. is, is clearly not read to Corinthians 8 and 9. Friends, we are to give proportionately, which means that the poor give mm. proportionately to what they have, and it means that the rich give proportionately to what they have. Mm. If a church is encouraging you to do anything more than that, mm-hmm. they're from the
1: devil run sure okay or at least they're teaching it from the devil right so so, so quite interesting because whenever we talk about the uh, misunderstanding or uh, the abuses of these spiritual gifts um, sometimes it's it's easier for us to wrestle through um, the theological debates and forgetting that there are believers out there who have uh, been victims of these um, these men so in that in that regard, uh, how then do we um, um, think biblically with regards to um, not just the issue of gifts, but the men whom God has um, maybe set in place in the church? Uh, what are some of the things, in as much as we've talked about the um, the churches, the marks of a church that we need to to look at um, as to stick into the Bible, um, that they preach the Bible, they follow the Bible, and they adhere to what the scriptures then demands that a church should look like. But then from the men, because we are speaking of the giftedness now, with the men that the Lord would have to serve in the church, because there are some unrealistic expectations that people would have as well. The misconception of who. Uh, should serve as a pastor, for example. Yes. Uh, there is a common, maybe, misunderstanding in the church as to this is what a man of God should do yes. or what a pastor should do, but there is a biblical expectation as to this is who we expect a pastor to be. Yes. So what are some of those perceived misunderstandings that you have been able to pick in your experience? Sure. Um, I'm, th- I'm thinking about your uh the 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 teaching that you just gave recently as well <laughs> as to some of those unrealistic job descriptions of the pastor.
0: Well I tell you what, so, Gideon, in we, we probably do need to go to a break now. Um okay. so I, I'm guessing that uh this would be a good time just to cut to song break um and when we come back from the song break, let's get into this discussion in oh, right. terms of unrealistic expectations yes. on pastors and what pastors actually should be doing as we see in God's word. Amen. Looking forward to the next uh, part of the show. Thank you. All Radio Pulpit listeners, it is good to be with you uh, on this Friday morning. This is a recorded session, recorded between myself Mark Penrith, along with Gideon and Penny, for the radio pulpit table Talk segment, uh, this morning, unfortunately. It is not live, so please don't phone into studio. Uh, If you send in WhatsApps, I'm not going to be able to see them or respond to them. But I would encourage you, if you are on Facebook, even if you're listening on a different platform, whether that be on our website streaming, or whether that be on DSTV or OpenView, or whatever platform you are accessing this on, uh, my encouragement would be for you to go across to Facebook and find the Radio Purple Radio Console Facebook page and where this is streaming um, do drop a comment and say hi, Um, like the stream and share it with uh, friends and family. It's a great way for us to get this comment out into the world. Um, myself and Gideon have been talking for the last forty forty five minutes or so yeah. um, about the topic of spiritual gifts, the use of the spiritual gifts within the local church, the abuse of the spiritual gifts in the local church, and men of God or men who claim they are from god mm. um, who 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 fleece the sheep <laughs> in mm. local churches mm. and the last question that Gideon asked, uh, which i 'm going to ask him to reframe now um, was related to really, I guess, what a pastor looks like or yeah. some of the
1: false expectations yes. of pastors. Yeah, yeah. So so with regards to the abuses we see in the church and the hurt that uh, that has caused, then there is also this um uh, perceived expectation that also people do have that also it's not biblical. Um, Uh, I would assume uh, you would also share with me. I want to know that. Uh, But I want to just uh, pick your brains on this uh, from your experience, but also even as we maybe look into the Word of God. Um, What are some of the uh, common notions as to what is expected uh, (laughs) of a pastor? But those expectations that people would have, they are not biblical in nature. then I would want us next to then look at what are the biblical requirements um, of of what a pastor should be. Then that would help both the members, but also if there's an aspiring minister who's maybe listening to us now, as to, okay, this is what is expected of me, so I need to aim for this. Um, What are those, some some of the maybe, (laughs) uh, let's say five uh, misconceptions that you... (laughs) You have come across, or so you, you have more than five.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Gideon, I, I, I recently was with a group of pastors, and we were talking about what the world thinks a a good pastor looks like mm-hmm. or acts like. Mm-hmm. Uh, the world thinks that he should preach for just twenty minutes, mm-hmm. and, and follow that with an invitation, which is uh, convicting to everyone. Um, but offends no one. Mm. Uh, The world thinks that their pastor should work from 7 o'clock in the morning until (laughs) 10 o'clock at night and do everything from counseling to changing the light bulbs in the sanctuary. Mm. Uh, The world thinks that the pastor should be about 27 years old, maybe 37 years old, but needs to have about 40 (laughs) years of preaching experience. Um, You know, I, I, it is kind of ridiculous, the expectation. Yeah. He must be short. He must be tall. He must be thin. He must be heavy set. Mm. He must be handsome, but not overpowering. He's got to have one brown eye and one blue eye. And, <laughs> you know, this has just got to be the perfect man. Mm. Uh, a burning desire to work with teenagers, but he must spend all of his time with the, <laughs> with the golden oldies uh-huh. uh, in the church. Um, constant smile, but a straight and sober face. Um, a semin, a seminary graduate, but mm. only ever using one or two syllable words. You know, I'm just like, I, I, I think that the world has an unexpected uh, or an unattainable expectation uh, on those who serve as pastors. You mm-hmm. must make 15 phone calls a day. You must, uh, uh, you know, invest 25 hours a week in sermon preparation, 20 hours a week in counseling, 10 hours in meetings, 5 hours in emergencies, 20 hours in visitation and evangelism, 6 hours in weddings and funerals, 30 hours in prayer and meditation, 12 hours in letter writing and administration, 10 hours in creative thinking. He must get all of his sleep in and he must spend a lot of time with his family. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's kind of crazy what, what, what the expectation is of us mm. and yet the biblical expectation whilst mm. it isn't whilst whilst it isn't this it mm. isn't it isn't a crazy human standard mm-hmm. the biblical expectation of pastors mm. is incredibly high it is incredibly onerous in mm. some ways mm. um the truth is that he must be a man who's blemishless and now i'm thinking of what the bible says yes. in 1 timothy in 1 chapter timothy. 3 yes. he must be a man who's blemishless mm. he must he must be a husband of one wife. Mm-hmm. He must have his family under control. Mm-hmm. He must be winsome, mm-hmm. not pugnacious or mm-hmm. quarrelsome. Mm-hmm. You know, he mustn't be a lover of much wine, mm. uh, he must have his affairs in order, mm-hmm. he mustn't be a young novice, mm. uh, else he will become conceited. Mm. Uh, I just think of of the kinds of qualifications that are given in 1 Timothy chapter 3 yes. and in Titus, and Titus chapter yeah. 1. Yeah. Uh, these are not low standards. Um, mm. They're not the kind of crazy expectation that the world often places on those who serve them mm. as pastors. But they are
1: a high standard nonetheless, and then, would, would we say these standards are only reserved for those who are serving? Oh,
0: that's a great question mm. and I know you know the answer, mm. but it's it is it's worth drawing out so these qualifications are the qualifications of those that serve mm. but in reality, mm-hmm. every member of the church mm. is to not be a lover of wine, is to be a husband of one wife, mm. is to not be quarrelsome, mm. is to be, as we go through these characteristics of this man, mm-hmm. we see common Christian characteristics which should be of every man. Mm. But the benchmark, the requirement is, mm-hmm. is, is to be measured so much more carefully mm. of those who will take a holy office. They are to be blameless. Mm. And then over and above that, they're also to be able to teach. Um, mm-hmm. That's a requirement. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this the, this ability to teach, this gifting to teach, this recognizable quality that the church has recognized is to be then men of God. Um, not only that, mm-hmm. uh, let me just say, well, and I'm thinking of 1 Timothy, uh, yeah, uh, they are to watch their life and their doctrine closely mm. because by that, they their hearers might be saved. How does that look in a
1: in a in a in a practical way? what does it mean to watch your life? Yes. And to watch your doctrine.
0: Well the the word life, Mm. um, uh, you know, this this idea of of life I I think would be closely related to what we what we might say is a a spiritual walk or Mm -hmm. a spiritual journey. Mm. You know, the day to day the, mm. the, the the everyday, how you how you drive to church mm. in the morning mm. when taxis cut you off. Mm. Um, how you engage with your wife when you come home and you're incredibly tired, mm. how how you how you spend time with your children, mm. um, you know, around the dinner table, whatever it might be, um your life is to be exemplary and you to watch it carefully.
1: So it is a day to day endeavour that's everyone who is in service for christ should uh, pursue so so there's no such a thing as um, grace (laughs) graduates no there's no such (laughs) thing as grace (laughs) graduates or or or, or, uh, aluminize in the in the work of
0: grace for god yeah so i mean paul answers this sufficiently enough. You know, on the one hand, grace is grace. Grace mm-hmm. is, grace is God's unmerited favor at Christ's expense given to me in abundance mm-hmm. because of Jesus Christ. Not because I'm worth it, but because Jesus Christ is worth it. Grace, grace enough to cover all of my sins. Uh, you know, mercy, God withholding his wrath. Grace, God giving his blessings. Grace is incredible, and mm. I'm saved by this amazing grace. Mm. But Paul would go on to say in the book of Romans, well, what does that mean? Mm. That you know, If I'm a grace graduate, do I get to now carry on sinning? Mm. Do I get to do whatever I'd like to do? Mm. And the answer is no. Mm. That's rubbish. Mm. The bottom line is I'm called to be holy. I'm called to be set apart. You're called to be holy. You're mm. called to be set apart. And so is every single member of the church. Uh, we're not called to to take grace and to allow us to to sin or Mm. or to allow us to live a life of licentiousness, Mm. uh, a life of, uh, uh, we're to live lives not of legalism, mm-hmm. but of liberty, liberty, mm. we, we've been freed from the power of sin and from the penalty of sin mm. so that we can live lives to God's praise and to his glory. Mm. And so we're to operate in grace, right. not grace to sin, mm. but
1: grace to live holy lives. I love that. So moving from um, looking at a minister of the gospel f- in service to God, and that's what you, you are putting it. Um, are there any um encouragements uh maybe that um a pastor somewhere listening to us down in the villages um in these times of sufferings um he has um he has loved the gospel he's been preaching the gospel um, and now i'd love us to, to to consider ministers in light of suffering uh, we've looked at them in light of service and their gifting How about in light of suffering, um, knowing that we are not exempt from suffering, but also I think there's another misconception that um, for some reason some pastors would love to hide their suffering or would love to uh, pretend as though they're exempt from suffering. What then should keep a minister in the face of suffering?
0: Mm. Well, you know, we we have been kind of like on the, on the edges of two Timothy, mm. like the whole way through our yeah. conversation, we yes. spoke about fanning into flame. Yes. We spoke about handing over batons. That's two Timothy language. Mm. So if I, if I was going to talk about minister and suffering, and maybe stay on the same track that we've been on in terms of in terms of service, mm. I, I would go to two Timothy chapter one, uh, verse thirteen and following. Mm. Uh, in that passage, and the Bible says in verse thirteen. Follow the pattern of sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, God the good deposit entrusted to you." Mm. And then in terms of the suffering, Mm -hmm. he, he goes on to say in verse 15, you are aware that all who are in Asia have turned away from me, mm. among whom are Phygelus and Homogenes. Mm. Uh, and he goes on even further to say in verse 16, May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Menisiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he arrived in Rome, he searched for me earnestly and found me. May the Lord grant him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. And you well know all the service he rendered at Ephesus. Mm. The reason why I'd go to this text, yes. uh, Gideon, yes. um, is because uh, this text is is really in the context of suffering. Um, Paul is suffering. I mean, mm. he, he's chained to a Roman god. Mm. Um, Paul is suffering. Um, everyone has abandoned him. Mm. You know, in Asia, all of Asia have abandoned me, mm-hmm. he says. Paul is suffering in so many ways he, he he towards the end of this book as you as you reach its conclusion he says look my time has passed. You know, mm. I, i'm i'm about to die this is it um, there's very little time left for me i've run my race mm. um it's over paul is in the in the midst of of real trial of real suffering mm. but in the middle of this he gives us an indication he 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 tells us um, what a faithful ministry needs to look like, mm. um, and he's and he's telling us what a faithful ministry looks like because mm. he's telling his son in the faith, Timothy, mm-hmm. Timothy, this is what a faithful ministry looks like, and it's a ministry that must stay on the line, mm-hmm. even in a world which is drifting from truth, yes, and it must preserve or persevere towards the end goal. Those three things in that passage. Mm. Uh, the first part of that passage, he's saying that uh, a faithful servant, a faithful servant even in the midst of suffering, mm-hmm. must stay on the line. Mm. Mustn't go above the line or below the line. And, and I draw that from verse 13 and 14 of 2 Timothy mm. where it says, follow the pattern of sound words that you have heard. Mm. Follow the pattern of sound words. That's a command. That's an imperative. That's mm. something that the man of God must do. Mm. You must firstly follow in verse 13. And secondly, the second imperative there is he must guard. Mm. He must follow the pattern of sound words and he must guard the good deposit. Um, as, as I wrap my mind around, around what Paul is talking about there, yes. I, I'm convinced that he's talking about the apostolic teaching rather mm-hmm. than, than the gospel in particular. He's talking about the apostolic teaching in general. Mm. And the reason why I believe that is because he says that you've heard from me. Um, mm. uh, these are all the words that mm-hmm. Timothy has heard. the The whole body um, of oh, words which Timothy has heard from Paul, um, and and he says here that, um, that 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 he lived out. Well, we know that Paul lived out this apostolic teaching, and that Paul defended this apostolic teaching. And now Paul wants this. This apostolic teaching, which he has passed on to Timothy, mm-hmm. to be lived out mm-hmm. and to be uh, defended, and I, I say lived out because he says follow. That's the command again. Yeah. Follow the pattern of sound words. Uh, it's journey language. It's uh, the Christian walk language. Mm. Uh, this is live out your faith before watching world mm-hmm. kind of language, mm. uh, and I say that he must he must uh, defend. Mm-hmm. Um, Because it says that he must guard. Uh, He must guard the good deposit. Uh, This is a fight for faith talk. Mm. Um, This is a contend for your faith talk. Um, uh, This isn't too different from Paul saying, and I said it earlier, keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Um, uh, This is the same kind of idea that we found in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Mm. We find it again here in 2 Timothy chapter 1. These, these two imperatives, these two commands, these two things that we must do, mm. these two marching orders. We, we must stay on the line. Mm-hmm. We, we must guard the deposit. Mm-hmm. We must contend for the faith or follow the pattern of sound words. Mm. But you would have noticed that these commands mustn't be overshadowed by the amazing provision mm-hmm. which God gives us in order to do what he commands. A- and what is that provision? Well, well he has a principle, yes. Gideon, and you'll see this again and again in yep. the New Testament. Mm. While God commands us to do his will, mm-hmm. he himself makes provision for us to accomplish his will.
1: Well, shall I say it again? Yes, please do. <laughs> uh, while well, God commands us to do his will, he makes a provision for us. To do His will. To accomplish His will, yes. Uh, He
0: he gives us everything that we need in Mm -hmm. order for us to do what He commands. So the following in this passage, and I mean, if you're listening to this at home, my encouragement is to just open up to Timothy chapter 1 and go and take a look for yourself in verse 13 and verse 14. Mm -hmm. But the following is to be done in the faith and in the love that are in Christ Jesus. Wow. In Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. we're to do this following. Mm-hmm. The command is to follow, mm-hmm. but the provision comes from Christ Jesus. While God commands us to do His will, He Himself makes provision for us to accomplish His will. So if you're a believer, mm-hmm. if you're a faithful follower, mm-hmm. if you want to be a faithful follower, yeah. Jesus must be the source of your following. This you is need a
1: Cling to Jesus this is quite interesting, so it, it really um, it, it captures everything that we've been speaking about right from the beginning because you um, I'm just thinking through here now as you're speaking to say that if we talk about um, the gifts which God has given us and we desire to serve yes. in the body. Uh, We're speaking of the abuses, but also the misconceptions regarding to service and ministry, now regarding suffering, that in the face of suffering, we suffer and we are empowered by God to do what we are doing. So it really captures that very well. I'm, I'm really excited to see as to what is it that we have in this text. Well, you,
0: you know what? The second one goes on to talk about the Holy Spirit. So it even brings us closer to the discussion that we were having before. Mm-hmm. Because whilst the first command is to follow, and we mm-hmm. to do that really in the power or uh, with the source of Christ Jesus, the second command is to guard, right? Mm-hmm. And the guarding is to be done by the Holy Spirit who mm. dwells within us. Mm. I I mean back now I'm feeling a little bit charismatic. Yeah, <laughs> you know cuz you know, cuz really I, I do I, I believe the word charisma and yes, you know yes. Is is this comes with this idea of gifting mm. packaged mm. into it I believe in the person of the Holy Spirit and I believe in the presence of the Holy Spirit mm. I believe in the indwelling of the Holy Spirit yeah. and the impartation of the gifting of the Holy Spirit The command here is for us to guard the good deposit to mm-hmm. guard the apostolic teaching mm. The provision to do this year is by the Holy Spirit who dwells within yes. us So while God commands us to do His will, Mm -hmm. He Himself makes provision for us to accomplish His will. If you are to be a good God, Mm -hmm. the Spirit is to be your power. Uh, You need to operate in the power of the the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Yeah, And so you can imagine that even as Timothy considered the weight Mm -hmm. of this command, Mm -hmm. he must have been encouraged by the supply which was available to him Mm. from Jesus and the power within him Mm. from the Holy
1: Spirit. Excellent, yeah, excellent. So, in the face of suffering, um, there's one one other uh, point here that you are making so clearly. So, so in this particular context, the kind of task that Timothy has before him, he will not be able to accomplish it in his own strength, but through the strength of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, then maybe let's let's move to the The second item that will then uh, feed into that um, as to the way that Paul picks that thought of guarding um, in the second chapter of the book, which then speaks to the um, idea that Timothy should guard, not just persevering, but then passing on this gospel to the next generation. Um, which then also follows through to the previous uh, chapter in chapter 1 where there's an issue of legacy that Paul is concerned with uh, the legacy of the gospel that was from his mom his grandmother uh, then it was passed on to him then Paul the apostle himself also speaks of um, uh, laying his hands on this young man Timothy but then in chapter number uh, 2 he explicitly now he's urging Timothy to do that in light of the sufferings that he is facing. Um, let's speak in this time of COVID, uh, but also I know this is like your heart. Um, how should local churches intentionally um, do that yes. um, in in the context of a local church with regards to developing men? Uh, you've been involved in that, so share share with us as to how best can local churches do that without relying on institutions, because I think that's a default setting of most churches is uh, let the institutions sort the men out, uh, <laughs> but he will not do the work. Well, well, let's let's read two
0: Timothy two then, mm-hmm. um, and and just pick it up from there. It mm. says, "You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus." Mm. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men, who will be able to teach others also. Share in the sufferings as a good soldier of Christ Jesus." Then he goes on to give these three examples. Mm. Uh, No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits, since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Mm. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hard-working farmer, Ought to have the first share of the crops, and then he goes on to say, uh, "Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything." And maybe just to say that the, the the passage that you're appealing to here in yeah. verse two mm-hmm. is what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, in trust. To faithful men, who will be able to teach others also, mm. and the link is to the previous verses that we were reading in terms of two Timothy chapter one verse thirteen through to verse eighteen, where it talks about guarding mm. uh, what has been entrusted to you, and yeah, it talks about passing what has been entrusted to you on to others, mm. um, and so so you've got this natural link, this natural connection and flow between chapter one and chapter two of two Timothy. Mm. Your question is, how? How should churches be doing this in light of COVID and in light of a post-COVID environment that we're entering entering into uh, right now? Mm -hmm. Let me say, whether you're trying to disciple men and grow men and groom men towards church leadership in the context of COVID, or whether you're trying to groom men, develop men, prepare Mm -hmm. men for ministry Mm -hmm. post-COVID, either way, that process must be done intentionally. Um, and mm. so that's the word that I would use yeah. intentionality. Mm-hmm. You will not Disciple people effectively if you're not intentional about it discipleship mm. doesn't happen by accident mm. and more particular because I, I Do think in the context of 2 Timothy chapter 2. Mm-hmm. This is more than just discipleship mm. This is this is handing the baton over in actual mm. fact there's four generations of of discipleship and excellence in 2 Timothy chapter 2. The, the first one mm-hmm. is uh, what you have heard from me, in other words, Paul is mm-hmm. involved in the process. So mm-hmm. Paul the Apostle, uh, what you have heard from me. So Timothy is involved in this process, Paul mm-hmm. is handing the baton over to Timothy, the, mm-hmm. the faithful words, the, 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 the deposit, the sound words, the apostolic teaching. Well, Timothy has been encouraged to hand the baton over to others because it says, What you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men. So mm-hmm. we've got, we've got Paul, we've got Timothy, we've got faithful men. And then lastly, those faithful men, even Timothy, as you hand it over to them, Mm -hmm. you're going to need to teach them in such a way that the last clause Mm. in that verse happens, who will be able to teach others also. Mm. In other words, four generations of a pyramid yeah, Mm. starting with Paul, then Timothy, then Mm. faithful men, and then others also. How does that happen? Well, Mm -hmm. that happens intentionally. Uh, That does need to be Either with massive relational engagement with mm-hmm. with folk that you are trying to pass this teaching and these commands onto, uh, or programatized realities. Mm-hmm. I mean, you spoke about, you know, institutions, yes. and institutions have their place. Mm-hmm. You teach at Makanya, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a good institution. Yeah. Uh, we talk about other colleges out here in Gauteng, mm-hmm. uh, Shepherd Seminary, Baptist Theological College, a little bit further up uh, north in terms of Palakwane, mm-hmm. Christ Seminary, mm-hmm. and there are other great places where men can be equipped with the kinds of tools they need to pastor well, whether that be biblical languages, whether mm. that be homiletics, hermeneutics, uh, Old Testament, New Testament surveys, mm. uh, systematic theologies in terms of that entire discipline, mm. or, or very practical pastoral skills. There definitely is a place for institutions. However, institutions don't make pastors churches make pastors Mm. and church leaders make church leaders Mm. Uh, you can't get away from that you can't send a 20 year old you know, up the road to Polakwane and in four years' time receive him back and think that you're getting a pastor. That's That's not how this works. Mm. That's not how it worked in the New Testament and Mm. really that's not how it works today. Mm. Whilst there is a place for seminaries Mm -hmm. where men can devote time and effort and energy in a very specific way to the study of God's word. Mm. Seminaries can't replace the discipleship which is required
1: in order to groom a man of God. I I like that. So seminaries would not replace the work that a local church is expected to do. So the aspect of intentionality that you have put in place, um, what are some of the mechanisms uh, I really would want us to... Uh, sort of like um, break down this to you. if, if a, a pastor who has 10 men under him is yes. um, now hearing this uh, and his desires, I think, let me send this kid to seminary and the, the seminary will sort him out. What are some of the um, like just practical tools yes. you would say start with one, two, three? Uh, <laughs> what are those that on a local church? Level, yes. um, we sort of are we're going back to where we started, which is good. Uh, but what should a church do? So, Gideon, I, I do think that
0: uh, we do need to recognize that every single man is different, yes. And so, there isn't one coat will yes. or one cloth that'll cover every That's coat. True. That's true. Um, and, and, I mean, I can give you some practical examples right, right off the bat. Yes. And I, I think of yourself, right? You were mm. a Christ Seminary graduate. You came into Crystal Park. Um, you came and lived with me for six months. Mm-hmm. I mean, for six months, we ate together every yeah. night. Yeah. You, you, we we got to talk nonstop. Um, and at the end of that process, um, it was very apparent that mm. you were uh, gifted and ready Um, for the laying on of hands and recognition uh, into the role of elder and and pastor. Hmm. Another man, the next man that came into Crystal Park, that, uh, that came into eldership, Well, he moved into the suburb, stayed two houses up the road from me, Mm. um, and we'd go walking every single night for two years. Mm. So for two years, we went for a walk every evening, and we spoke through systematic theology. He'd read his Bible, and uh, he read through his entire Bible over that period, Mm. and we would talk about every single verse that he had gone through in order to build a biblical theology. Mm. Uh, We worked through a couple of books together, Nine Marks of a Healthy Church, and Alexander Strach's biblical eldership, uh, in order to make sure that he had an ecclesiology.
1: Okay. Okay. I was actually coming to that to say why? Why are you choosing these type of books? Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, well, I do think that a man who hasn't read through the Bible yes. shouldn't serve as an elder or a pastor. Mm. I I think that that should be a, like a baseline standard for anyone coming okay. into coming into the office of elder, mm. and so. Read through the Bible and, and read through the Bible with somebody who's mature enough to be able to give you a biblical theology, mm-hmm. um, as you're going through first the books of the law mm-hmm. and then the books of history and then the books of, of poetry and, mm-hmm. and then entering into the major prophets and the minor prophets and the gospels and acts and the epistles and revelation. Make sure that you, you read through the Bible with somebody who can tell you how creation, corruption, um, covenant, uh, how all of these things come together until you eventually hit consummation Mm. uh, so that you have a biblical theology. Then, Mm. then second to that, read through a systematic theology. Mm -hmm. I can't see how somebody could serve in the area of elder unless they've, unless they have some kind of Tangible relationship with the systematic theology hmm. and I mean in terms of systematics there's some really good ones out there There's some simple ones T.C. Okay. Hammond's in understanding be men. Okay. Uh, was one of the first ones that I read I enjoyed right. uh, a survey of biblical doctrine by uh um, Charles Ryrie mm-hmm. it is a relatively short book, uh, which I think is a very helpful systematic right. um, for men that are wanting to get into systematics.
1: The, the, the more recent one I'll throw in there is um, Everyone is a Theologian. Everyone right? is a Theologian, yep.
0: By Ossie Sproul, but Sproul yeah. a good book. Um, and then you know some of the larger works which yes. are helpful are obviously Gridham's uh, mm-hmm. systematic theology. I think is an excellent uh, summation of systematics in an easy to read and understand way. I, I do like uh, uh, Rari's basic um, theology. I think it's called mm-hmm. um, just for its simplicity. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, obviously, mm. the, the latest, uh, volume that, that many of us have is, uh, <laughs> is, yeah, by Mayu and, yes. uh, and, John uh, John MacArthur. Mm. Um, lovely focus on the kingdom and mm. Christology. Mm. Um, and I enjoyed each section's focus on the Trinity as well as I've been working through that, that mm. systematic. The, the bottom line is, An elder needs to have biblical theology and a systematic theology in order to, in order to kind of understand where the fences are Mm. in terms of the sound faith that's Mm. been handed down Mm. to us. Mm. But beyond that, they, Mm. they need ecclesiology. They need a good understanding of what the church is and how the church operates. And mm. um, so nine marks of a healthy church, I think is a, is an excellent book. It's always been my go-to book. Mm-hmm. Right now, I would probably say that Conrad and Bewe's book, God's Design for, for the, the for the church, yeah, actually in some ways, yes. I think is more relevant yeah. to us as the South African church. Uh, and, and he writes in such a, easy accessible way Mm. and he deals with the kinds of issues that that need to be dealt with within an african context Mm. i i actually think uh i i'm gonna i'm gonna say it i i think i actually (laughs) prefer it i think it's contextualized Uh, it's a it's a really it's a crackingly good read um and then and then next to that I, i think a specific book on on church leadership. So, you yes. know, whether that be uh, there's a bridged and free versions of Alexander Strach's uh, biblical eldership, mm-hmm. uh, well worth reading it's a short PDF, mm-hmm. um you know, just in order to have a uh, some kind of uh, of understanding of the role of the elder
1: and how elders wow. relate to one another. Really a uh, tons ton, tons and tons of resources out there oh, for yeah. for the churches to intentionally consider um, Laboring and investing in the lives of the men that the Lord has entrusted them.
0: But then, alongside that, Gideon, each yeah. man is different and yes. unique, and yes. each man will need to be upskilled in certain ways. Mm. You know, mm. uh, each man will have maybe a doctrinal need that they need to mm. that they need to absolutely strengthen. understand and yeah. strengthen yeah. before they come into leadership within the local church. Mm. Um, but but you know, so and I, we We went for walks for two years and discussed these books and discussed the bible mm. and uh and when he was ready, you and I laid hands on him and mm. uh recognized him into the role of elder mm. um other elders short process you know we we inherited an elder from a from a church down the road, a it's godly true. man who was qualified and yeah. excellent and yeah. you know final year b t c student mm. and uh you know we were able to lay hands on him relatively quickly, mm. so some men you start from the beginning. Um, other men, you know, you you, you you inherit them and they are qualified and ready to go. And mm. all they need to really do is is learn the church and, wow. and know the people so that mm. they have a heart for the sheep mm. that they'll be serving. Um, but But each man is different. I do think that for some men, uh, I think of, you know, Menzi Mohale, that, mm. that we, that you and I were involved in sending mm. to Christ mm. Seminary. And mm. um, for some men, you can see, wow, this man is gifted, but he needs some, you know, dedicated time to mm. study scripture. Mm. You know, he needs some, he needs some time. He was a young man. He was in yes. his early twenties. Yeah. Uh, we first sent him to the mission field, right? Yeah. For two yeah. years. Yeah. Uh, and then sent him to, to, uh, to, to seminary for mm. four years. Mm. Mm. Um, each man is different um Wonderful. you know um but but each man needs to be qualified each man I, I, I needs to be that. competent i love
1: that i love that because it takes us back to 1st corinthians chapter 12 there is diverse uh, varied gifts god has given to the church uh, you use the analogy of uh, fingerprints uh, these mm. um so that point you are making each man is different so they shouldn't be a legit uh, sort of like structure the implication you're putting then to say that this is the mode through which we are going to um, uh, fashion and shape this man because sometimes the lord may send men who are differently gifted ah yeah, look it's not a,
0: it's not a cookie machine that's you know sweet, in terms that's of developing man. leaders mm. Th- That it you know i come from Midrain chapel before i arrived at crystal park mm. and at Midrain chapel um, there was a program, it was a two-year program, mm-hmm. and uh, you started at the beginning of the two-year program, you worked through systematics for a year, and then for a year you worked through um, some ecclesiology, and at the end of it, um, you know, those men who had stuck in the program, from amongst those men, mm-hmm. elders were selected by okay. by the elder, and, and those elders were appointed. Um, I know a, a friend of mine, Brian Watts at Glen Vista Baptist Church, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm went through a similar process where there was, you know, designated time for teaching. The men that got through that well mm. from them mm. there was a pool and they selected uh future leaders. Uh, but again, you know, that's a bespoke solution for a mm. uh, for an independent local church mm. that 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 I think each local church is gonna make those kinds of decisions. And uh And as long as we are being intentional and faithful in handing over that baton Mm. as best we can to men who will in turn hand the baton over to the next generation,
1: we're Mm. doing what Paul expects us to do. Wow. So let's then uh, maybe uh, conclude uh, uh, by just um, uh, bringing the... What would be some of the pertinent needs apart from maybe some of the things we've talked about um, that are on your heart and you desire them um, uh, to be the focus of churches? Apart from leadership development, uh, the gifts that we've talked about, what are some of the things that um, you reckon maybe we should do better? Yes. or some of the things that you find encouraging uh the things that are happening in the lives of local churches but also um in your local church uh, so i i have church with capital C yes uh, then church with uh lowercase c
0: well uh, let me take the church with the capital c first since yeah. you you asked the question in that order. So something that I'm encouraged by, but that I also believe that we should be doing better in, um, would be our pulpit ministry, our general pulpit ministry, um, also, yeah, whatever. Well, yeah, so, so this is what I'm encouraged by. You? you know, I've just spent the last couple of days, um, together with men from all over the city. Mm. Um, couple of churches to mention would be a Vantage Point in Rustenburg, Cornerstone. Uh, in the, you know, I think Bedford View area, uh, Central Baptist Church, uh, Doxa Deo Baptist Church, um, a Milder's Drift Union Church, mm-hmm. a number of pastors from a number of churches mm-hmm. got together, a number of, uh, of Christ churches, uh, the, the Reach guys, the Reformed mm-hmm. Evangelical mm-hmm. Anglican churches, mm-hmm. number of guys got together with the sole purpose of growing in the ability to preach expository. Mm. Now, expository preaching, we often talk about this on the show, but let me give you a definition. Yes, please. It's, it's making the main point of a passage of mm-hmm. scripture mm-hmm. the main point of a sermon mm. and then applying it into the lives of the hearers. Mm. Now, it gets me really excited when uh-huh. so many diverse churches get together. I mean, in that mix, you've got reformed Anglican churches, you've got reformed charismatic churches, You've got Bible churches, you've got union churches, you've got Baptist churches, all in the same room, Mm. all together with one purpose, get better at expository preaching. Mm. I'm greatly encouraged by that. And I'm telling you now, that is going to serve the church in our country and Mm. on our continent in in amazing ways Mm -hmm. because as we elevate the word of God, we are elevating the person of Jesus Christ because he's found in his word. And as we are elevating Jesus Christ, we are glorifying God. Surely God Mm -hmm. will be gracious to us and grant a fruitful Mm -hmm. harvest of souls, Mm -hmm. even in our lifetime. Man, Mm -hmm. I want to see revival and I know revival will come Mm -hmm. as we value God's word and Mm -hmm. as we proclaim it loudly, boldly, Mm -hmm. clearly, Mm excellently from Mm. god's word uh from from pulpits all over our land so i'm really excited about that i'm excited to be part of that i'm excited that that i'm a cog in that in that machine uh, together with so many other excellent men so that 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 really thrills me in in terms of growing it's the exact same thing you know i just i just see such a such a dearth of good preaching in so many churches all over our city pretoria benoni Florida, Redaput, um, mm. Gauteng, mm. South Africa, the African continent, mm. all over the world. Mm. Um, such a, such a weakness in pulpit. And I see this weakness in two ways. One is going to be surprising. Uh, le- let me, let me tell you the one that's not surprising first. Yeah. Uh, I see a weakness in pulpits where, where God's word is not valued. Um, where the thoughts of men are valued, where the psychology of man is valued, where mm. the philosophy of man is valued, mm-hmm. where the, Whatever tickles man's ears valued, Mm -hmm. you know, just to kind of pat you on the back and tell you three Mm -hmm. keys to a happy life now, Mm -hmm. kind of rubbish that we, that we hear all over the place. I mean, you Mm -hmm. just scan Mm -hmm. Facebook on a Sunday afternoon, you see the junk and the rubbish that people are reposting. Mm -hmm. Um, that, that, that hurts me Mm -hmm. because, because it's a low view of God's word. Mm Um, and that can only actually um, raise up either false believers mm. or believers that, that are, that are kind of living on junk food. You know, mm. It's, mm. it's, it's, mm. not good for you. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. it's not healthy. Mm. Um, and, and that's a, that's a deep concern for me. Uh, the other concern that I have mm. is on the opposite end of that scale, guys mm. that are, guys that, that, that have a high view of scripture mm-hmm. and that are preaching God's word mm-hmm. on any given Sunday. Mm. Um, but are preaching it in a way that it's like a commentary. Yeah, you know, it's a dry and dusty bookish way of preaching. Mm. Um, I'm so concerned, mm. um, because, because in actual fact, I, I see churches that have this high view of scripture mm-hmm. with a kind of a dead spirit in them, mm-hmm. um, a, a spirit which is not it's it, it just it feels oppressed the 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 it's not application rich yeah. um or contextually vibrant mm. um uh, the the preaching might be correct mm. but i don't think it's been applied with excellence mm. um or delivered in power mm. to the people sitting in the pews and mm. i think i think people i think Churches on both sides of that extreme mm. need to take note that mm-hmm. there is a biblical center and the biblical center looks like this. It mm. looks like Peter standing up on the day of Pentecost, yeah. quoting from the book of Joel yeah. and then delivering a sermon, making the main point, um, Jesus Christ ultimately getting mm-hmm. to the gospel mm-hmm. and delivering that with power in yeah. a way that cut to the heart mm. of the men in Jerusalem. Or Paul going into Athens, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, uh, and telling them in mm. a very contextual way about this unknown God, um, yeah. and then laying before them the person of Jesus Christ so that there were some that scoffed at him and mm. there were some that said, Ah, oh, come back. We'll, we'd like to hear more. But there were some who believed. I, I want to hear more stories of people who believe mm. because of. You know, great preaching, not because of great preachers, Mm. you know. People Mm. don't believe because Mm. of great preachers. They believe Mm. because of a great savior. And the way that a great savior is uncovered Mm. to people Mm. is when we uncover and when we open this great book Mm. (laughs) and deliver the word of God to people's ears. Uh, The sheep hear His voice, voice. and they follow Him. You know, the elect are out there. (laughs) It's just a matter of presenting the gospel faithfully to Mm. them uh, from God's Word. And and I can't draw a distinction between the gospel and good preaching. But then,
1: I would do injustice. You have referenced this term, the gospel, twice. If I don't ask this question, then I haven't spoken to Mark.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm like excited. I know where this is going. Keep it up, brother.
1: Let's finish uh, by answering the question. There's somebody out there. They keep hearing Mark saying the gospel. uh, The gospel. We can't separate the gospel from preaching. What is the gospel? The gospel is this.
0: God created the heavens and the earth. In untested perfection. Hmm. He is almighty and creator. He is sovereign master of the heavens and the earth and he is master of you. Hmm. Through one man's sin, Adam, sin has come to all men so that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, which means, listener, today you too are a sinner you're a sinner because of the sins which you have done, but you're a sinner because there is sin in you. Mm-hmm. Um, by nature, uh, we are sinners. Mm-hmm. The truth is, and I've said it before, all have sinned and fallen short of the wages, of, uh, fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages mm-hmm. of our sin is death. It's it's death in this life, which is horrible enough, but it's eternal separation from God, a second death. Hmm. Forever and ever in the life to come that's bad news. It's very bad news, Hmm. but the good news is this Jesus Christ the Son of God Emmanuel God with us the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world Came into this world born as a babe in Bethlehem born without sin and then lived a life a perfect life a life that was tempted in every way, and mm. yet found to be without sin. Mm. And yet Jesus came into this world with a purpose. His purpose was to glorify God. And he glorified God by doing God's will. And God's will was to crush his son. Mm. He died on a cross, not for his own sins, but as a substitute, the good for the bad, the righteous for the unrighteous, mm. the saintly for sinners just like you and me Mm. jesus died as a substitute for my sin and for your sin on the cross as he died the wrath of god for all of our sin Mm. was satisfied in the person of his own son Mm. so that when we hear Mm -hmm. the call to repent to turn away from our sin and to put our faith and our trust in jesus christ we can know that our sin can be dealt with Mm. because the Savior is God himself. God saves us from himself, from Mm. his own wrath. Mm -hmm. He saves us by himself, by the person of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. He saves us for himself, for his own eternal glory's sake. Mm. Friend, you're called upon to repent of your sins, to Mm. turn away from your sins, and to cast yourself upon the person of Jesus Christ. Mm. The Lamb of God has paid for your sins, his blood, Can wash away your sin Mm. cry out to Jesus Christ put your faith and your trust in him today. Do not Delay do not allow salvation to pass you by Mm. believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ And you will be saved confess Mm. with your mouth that he is uh, that he is Lord Mm. believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead And you will live Forever and ever and ever Amen. That's the gospel, Amen. it's good news Amen. It's great Amen. news, it is the best news I love that I
1: love that, <laughs> I, love that. Uh, I, 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 I have to just thank you For the clarity um, The depth uh, But also just the Insightfulness um, uh, That we have shared in this uh, But Admittedly I give thanks And praise to God for his grace upon your life and your ministry. Um, it's always uh, a joy, and it's been a joy uh, to stand alongside you and pray uh, that we, as we continue to labor and to see many um, soldiers rising up to the fort as they stand to the ground, um, we will march on as onward Christian soldiers uh, in these times as the Lord would call us. Thank you so much for your time. Well, Gideon, uh, you know
0: I love you, brother. You're a great friend, and uh I, I love standing shoulder to shoulder with you here in South Africa. Friends, our, our prayers do go out to all the elders and deacons holding the line in local churches, mm. as well as our missionaries serving in foreign fields. Our prayers for and much respect goes Each week out to first responders, to our police, to our defense force, and to all those who dispense justice in our country, to our firefighters, to our paramedics, to our nation's nurses, and to our medical personnel, as well as to our correctional facility officers. Mm. We we do thank God for the good work that you do, and we trust that you do your duty Mm. with delight as unto the Lord. Mm. You've been listening to Table Talk with me, your host, Mark Penrith, along with uh, Gideon and Penny. We're going to go to news shortly. So until next week, Friday, walk wisely, live holy, and testify zealously. God bless. Amen. Amen.